0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Sword and the Trial. Today, Graham and I have the opportunity and wonderful privilege of hosting Travis Allen in the studio with us. Uh, Travis is a pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Greeley, Colorado. He's a friend that I've had for several years now. I'm always uh, delighted whenever I have the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. He leads the Board of Trustees for Founders Ministries. He teaches for the Institute of Public Theology. He's a former Navy SEAL, and he brings all of that uh, SEAL training to bear on pastoral ministry. So Graham and I talk with Travis today about being a pastor here in these early decades of the 21st century and the challenges that we face and the wonder that it is that God would put us in the ministry. So I hope you enjoy this, and you might want to pass it around to other pastor friends of yours or those that are aspiring to be pastors. Welcome to the Sword and Trial. The Sword and Trial is a podcast of Founders Ministries and Founders Exist for the Recovery of the Gospel and the Reformation of local churches. I'm Tom Askell. And I'm Graham Gundin. We're delighted to have with us today in the studio our good friend, Travis Allen, who is a pastor up in Greeley, Colorado, man, right there in the Rocky Mountains in Mm. uh, Northern Colorado at Grace Baptist Church. And you've been there for about eight years or so. Yeah, I have. I
1: came there at the fall of 2014 and been cranking ever since. Yeah, well, it's
0: great. I I forget exactly when I got to know you, but uh, it's probably two or three years in, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when I first went to the church, I thought, man, this is awesome to see the good things happening. And the next year I went again. I thought, man, this is even better. And, you know, just to, to see the trajectory and the way things have uh, gone there at that church, I I feel very much at home every time I get an opportunity to yeah. worship with yeah. the saints out there in Greeley.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way every time I come down to your church as well here at Cape Coral. Grace Baptist Church is just a, yeah, it's like home.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, it really is. Good, so. good. Well, uh, Travis has been in Cape Coral teaching for the Institute of Public Theology, uh, doing uh, part two of a New Testament overview. And uh, the students have talked about it being good. i talked to one of them today particularly who said, yeah, this has been really good stuff. So thank you so much for laboring (laughs) in that ministry. Yeah, my pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me. It's
0: great to be a part of it. Another thing uh, about you, Travis, is that you are the chairman of the board for Founders Ministries. Right. How'd you get hoodwinked into that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I was told it came with like free
0: Starbucks cards or something, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen one They're of those on their materialized. Way. They're in the mail. I do They're have a in, bottle of yeah, water I didn't water. pay for. So yeah, no, we appreciate your, yeah. your, uh, labors in behalf of founders as well. And yeah. you've been on board, I think since 2020, 2021, something like that. I'm not keeping track. I can't. Keep track I don't either. remember time, exactly when. Yeah. Time eludes me now. These yeah, younger guys, they can keep up with it. So, Graham, I'm sure you must know. <laughs> Co-
1: COVID scrambled my brain. I think it's the last long-term effects of COVID. <laughs> that's that's to, how we got
0: stop, you in. Stop. Is you weren't that's paying right. attention <laughs> because of COVID? <laughs> he yeah. was flat. Um Well, we wanted to talk about pastoral ministry today. Seems like these conversations I'm having more and more with fellow pastors and with prospective pastors, and wanting to know, man, uh, how do you navigate? these changing times. And you were out in California, and you served as an elder at Grace Church out there with John MacArthur, right? Uh, Worked for Grace to you. Yep. Did that for several years.
1: Sure did, yeah. I was there, I was at Grace Community Church from 2000 to 2014, before I came to our church at Greeley, Colorado. And um, obviously wasn't an elder right when I got there. I was going through seminary, and it was later on that I became an elder and a pastor in one of the groups there. But yeah, I was working at Grace to You from 2000 to 2014, and mm-hmm. uh, end of my time there as managing director. But all of it, even in, in uh, even at Grace to You, a media ministry, the media ministry of John MacArthur, it was still there was uh, very much of a pastoral element and mm-hmm. pastoring the staff and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, great great time.
0: And that that experience must have helped you to think about uh, things critically. Carefully. Absolutely. Absolutely. Biblically. Yeah,
1: when you think about a man like John MacArthur, who's been in the pulpit for more than 50 years now, came there in 1969. So this is a year and a half before I was born. Mm-hmm. He entered into the pulpit ministry at Grace Community Church. I think about all my years of growing up, all my years of rebellion, and all the things I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed of now. Uh, he was faithfully preaching and teaching. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, teaching men's theology, building up his elders, uh, ministering to the sick and visiting uh, people in the hospital. Um, that's a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, tapping into some of that, I learned so much, uh, just an accelerated education, not just, not just with uh, John MacArthur himself. I mean, I was uh, he was a, a few tiers above me most of the time I was there. But um, through many of the people that were drawn to his ministry, men of good character, uh, high competency in the scripture theology, um, the Lord has given me just a a very gracious and tutorial in mm. uh, pastoral education. So mm. I was very very thankful for that.
0: Wonderful, you know, Graham. Uh, you and I have had long conversations, and with our elders here, just trying to think through how do we shepherd our people mm. in these days. And there's there's several key challenges that emerge and so it's like a target rich environment you know if we wanted to pick up something to talk about but uh i'd be interested in in maybe you kind of just throwing something out there on the table well, We're there is
2: definitely a cornucopia of issues. You know, we live in the... A cornucopia. That means a lot. Yeah, a, a lot. <laughs> lot. There's, there's, there's a, lot. a lot of things. There's a lot of things to think about. Um, a big words. In <laughs> One of the issues is big words. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, th- we live in an age where um, technology has made information so readily available, and uh, pastors are not always s- seen as like the first person that uh, congregates go to to... Mm. Uh, Get advice on uh, life issues, or uh, to get some wisdom when it comes to interpreting the scriptures. So there's a lot of and a lot of good stuff, but certainly for every good uh, person that you could go to in the public sphere online, there's you know a dozen uh, bad sources as well. Mm-hmm. So that's one issue I think that is very difficult, and it's not new per se, but it is definitely um, I think ramping up more and more. Mm-hmm. People are looking outside mm-hmm. of their own local church uh, for. For,
0: um, for wisdom and for guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you couple mm-hmm. that with instant gratification. So, you know, if I want to talk to my pastor, it may take a week or more to get in mm-hmm. to find a time where we can sit down and talk and I can just Google uh, and get all kind of voices and some of those voices can be whacked or can be almost right, yeah. which mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. is worse than being whacked, and uh, creates challenges, difficulties, man. One of the that? one
1: of the challenges we were just talking about in the uh, Institute of Public Theology, going through the epistles uh, through Revelation, uh, throughout this week, the book of James talks warns people against being hearers only and not doers of the word, and I think when we turn into consumers of not just not just information, uh, media, entertainment, but consumers of theology mm. podcast consumers of sermons we train ourselves really to be hearers of the word only mm. and not doers of the word people are taking in way more than they're able to yeah. apply and i was just telling the telling the guys in the class look train your people to be content listening to the pastor that god has given them you make sure that you are competent you're like apollos mighty in the scriptures that you when you Cut your veins, you bleed bibline, you know, mm. so that you're you're thorough in the scripture, you're competent in doctrine, competent in theology. Love them, train them, but train them to appreciate the pastor that God has given them, mm. uh, to listen to that voice. If they only listen to their whatever ministry is coming out of their local church, I'm telling you, that is more than enough for them to try to apply in any given week. It's way more than they can apply in a given week. I think people don't understand that they have an accountability for everything that they're hearing. If they're going to pump in all that stuff from the internet and never put it into practice, they're accountable for Mm -hmm. what they're hearing. Mm -hmm. You've got to be a steward of truth, a steward of theology. If you're going to turn yourself into a hearer-only you're deceiving yourself, you know. So I think I think that one of the ways that we can help our congregants, help our people to uh, to really appreciate the pastor that God has given them, is by making sure we are working really, really hard. Mm-hmm. That we're outworking. I mean, I'm I'm not the most talented, most you know, most intelligent, uh, most eloquent, or anything by any means. But what I will endeavor to do is try to make sure I'm not outworked by anybody. I want to make sure that I'm leading from the front and working very, very hard in the scriptures, so that when they come and give, I know that they're commanded to come to church and commanded to take partake of the regular means of grace. But I don't want to take any of that for granted. I mm-hmm. want to make sure that when they come, they are well fed, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not on me that they haven't heard or given been given content that they can understand uh, teaching the. The meaning of the text from the text, teaching them to understand the tone of the text, understand its implications, demands on their life. I want to make sure that I'm not letting them down, mm. being the waiter, serving them the, the meal that they need to eat.
2: We want to invite you to join us for our National Founders Conference coming up this January 2024. That's January tw- 18th through the 20th. And the theme of this conference is going to be Remember Jesus Christ, this uh, entire conference devoted to the doctrine of Christ. Uh, Tom Askell will be speaking along with Conrad Bayway, Joel Bekey Phil Johnson, Travis Allen. And we're also announcing this week that Paul Washer will be joining us as one of our keynote speakers as well. So we'd love to have you here, sunny southwest Florida in the middle of winter. So go to founders.org slash conference in order to register. Yeah, you know, I think one of those, an interesting idea to pull out of that is there are so many good uh, teachers, uh, men that the Lord mm-hmm. has given to the church, even in our own day and age. So you talk yeah. about a John MacArthur who's got immense credibility in faithfully expositing the text for fifty years. You know, you've got men like uh, Vodie Bachum and men like Paul Washer who are three of probably the most popular internet preachers. Mm-hmm. Though they have their own local ministries that they're involved in, and a lot of people go to those men when they think about issues. But we have to train our, our people that you know. John MacArthur, unless you are a member at Grace Baptist Church, is not the shepherd whom the Lord has put placed over your soul. That's right. right. The, the, the pastor of your own local church and the elders in your local church, that is the shepherd whom the Lord has placed over your soul. And so to give uh, due uh, respect, but then also to to go to them first um, mm-hmm. and, to, and to seek to receive the word from them first before uh, pinning all your hopes and all of your uh, spiritual health on someone who's not your shepherd. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that I think that it is a temptation constantly for us to partake of a disembodied ministry, you know, so, so something that's more remote, you know, John MacArthur, many people love grace to you. They love the John MacArthur on the radio. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell some of these people have come into my church, waving the MacArthur flag and they have been the first to leave
0: (laughs) some of them having Mm -hmm. to be
1: disciplined Uh, Why is that? Because they love the John MacArthur on the radio, the one who actually isn't going to hold them accountable Mm -hmm. to any of the things he's been teaching. Mm -hmm. Because if they were to go to grace community church and try to act the way that they've been acting, they would find themselves in the Matthew 18 process Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So the people were all always going to be, you know, fighting against that. I mean, if the apostle Paul always had to deal with people coming in after him as he, after he'd already planted churches and invested in people and loved them Taught them the gospel, clarified the truth. Um, people came in after him and just, you know, pulled these disciples after themselves because they had other motives and other intentions. What makes us any think we're going to get away with anything less than that? Yeah. I mean, if it mm-hmm. happened to him, so again, I think that. It's going to happen. Uh, People are going to look to other teachers. In fact, sometimes I will assign them to listen to other Mm -hmm. teachers because I want them to hear what I'm saying isn't just me saying it. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are some very good faithful voices. But I want to try to direct that to the right place. I want to try to, you know, maybe put a governor on the Mm -hmm. throttle a little bit so that they don't take in more than they can really uh, thoroughly apply. Mm -hmm but it is true that we need to uh, show ourselves to be competent ministers, handling the word of God, lovers of their souls, and then really trust the spirit of God to grow that person. Jesus said, my Mm -hmm. sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I just trust if I speak the shepherd's voice, the master's voice to them, true sheep are gonna come near and by the spirit they're gonna grow in appreciation of their pastor. That's what the spirit does. It's what the spirit's done in you know, what he's done in my life to appreciate my pastors. He does the same in other sheep. And, and I've just seen the, the longer I go, the more people mature because of the word of God, the more they appreciate me, even when, you know, I'm, I'm getting more appreciation than maybe than I, than I deserve. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but
0: I think we also have to trust the spirit of God. You know, the idea of being a, a consumer, that consumer in it, Consumeristic mentality. Yeah, we yeah. We all will abominate that when we see it worked out in the way the church orders itself, mm-hmm. uh, treating people as consumers and the consu- customers always right. We try to do what we can to appeal to the consumer. But I think it you've touched on something uh, that merits more thinking on my part, how in the uh, the more healthy evangelical world, in the reformed world, there are people who are theology consumers. And, man, they love to know the latest controversy, the latest arguments and who's saying what about this viewpoint and that viewpoint. And they can tell you all that, but they're not doing the Mm word. If you were Mm -hmm. to pull it back and look at their practical lives, you would Mm -hmm. see areas of just blatant immaturity that they would not even consider to be a matter of immaturity because they know so much. You know, twice Paul warns us that knowledge puffs up. Mm -hmm. Knowledge leads to arrogance. The antidote is not be stupid. You know, the antidote (laughs) is more knowledge. Man, you got to keep going. You got to go deeper to see that you don't have what you think you have until it is shaping and forming your life. That's right.
1: And it's also the heart of maturity. And I'm talking, let's just talk in, in we're talking about conservative, Bible-believing, mm-hmm. divinely inspired, inerrantists who believe in the efficient, sufficiency and authority <laughs> of the word of God, persecuted of scripture. Let's let's yeah, talk sure. about that camp. People, That's us. That, yeah, That's the people we re- would like to live with, reformed, yeah. uh, Baptistic, and all that. So we're, we trust we trust their theology. So speaking about all those people, it is the mark of maturity for those who hear and consume that in the right way. Consume that teaching to recognize that Paul is one instrument in God's hands, and Apollos is another, and. Different teachers have their different roles and have their different place. You know, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it's God who gives the increase. So it's God who's working in all these different ministries and all these different men. And he is the one who is sovereign over giving people different giftedness, different levels of giftedness, different levels of prominence. And he's perfect in what he's doing, but we are all in the same team.
2: Mm.
1: What you see in immaturity is, is the factionalism that Paul mentioned in, you know, confronted in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm of Cephas, I'm of Paul, I'm of I'm of Apollos, I'm of Christ, you know, this pitting one teacher against another and following one strand of theology to the exclusion of what can be learned from other people. So I I think it's the the mark of maturity that appreciates God working in these different ministries and the richness that mm-hmm. of the fabric that he's put piecing together in his providence. Amen.
2: Yes, but the sixth point of Calvinism is factionalism. It's, it's what we love to do. It appears to be. I was just speaking with somebody the other day, yeah. and they were talking about their own theological tradition that really abominates factionalism. And I was thinking, I mean, I don't know that I would have a <laughs> theological tradition without factionalism. <laughs> so well, I, I saw that old meme
0: that uh, if you can't afford to, th- to go to school, get a theological education, just pick a fight with the Calvinists. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you'll have a lot of stuff thrown at you we yeah. uh, but
2: this camp that you're talking about the mm. our camp like the conservative <coughs> yeah. baptistic reformed mm-hmm. is is very good at picking yeah. fights yeah. very good at uh isn't that sad at, at drawing down okay we're not conservative reformed Baptists anymore we're conservative reformed baptist and you know this yeah. or that <laughs> and we're going to exclude those so it's uh, it, it can be a bit um Frustrating when you look at all of the issues that we are dealing with just in our own nation as a cons- yeah. as the conservative <coughs> mm-hmm. evangelical church, and the fact that uh, we're not able to work with one another to address these massive yeah. issues that we're facing. I think
1: that's a that's something that really ought to humble us. Is when we don't put our doctrine on display. We call it the doctrines of grace, but we have so often lack the grace in the way we deal with one another uh, I want to say on the other side of that though that there are issues worth going to war over mm-hmm. and that we need to we need to go to battle and do battle but on those essential doctrines but again if we're talking about our, our camp I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those things are we need to be critical in our thinking we need to test all things
2: and, and truth men, always matters and mm-hmm. so truth you always, always got to advocate for the truth. Absolutely, yeah, that's
1: absolutely right. But you know, and gospel issues, gospel issues are so important. Uh, and even even those secondary issues that start to intrude onto gospel issues, you need to advocate for those things as well. But uh, you know, anyway, I, I appreciate your example in that, brother, because I've watched <laughs> you deal with some pretty uh, pretty heavy and difficult things where you've been taking a lot of shots and criticism. I think you handle yourself in a very uh, exemplary way. Well, so appreciate that.
0: Kind of you to say. Graham, that. Graham, not you though. <laughs> I'm a pretty mean guy. I'm a pretty mean you know, guy. one of the things I, I, I've noticed this about myself and others, that, that our greatest strength in our circles can become our greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. We love the truth. We don't want to misrepresent the truth. And so man, we're committed to that. And when we see the truth being undermined or attacked or not honored in its proper proportions, we can quickly just unload all the guns yeah. on that and we don't always act proportionately, mm-hmm. you know? And as you said, the things are closer to the gospel, you know, so it's it's quick to uh, find people in our circles throwing out the uh, H word, you know? Well, that's just heresy, he's a mm-hmm. heretic, he's a heretic. Mm-hmm. Well, why, because he believes the 1644 confession rather than 1689, you know? <laughs> <mean, laughs> things like that, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And again, the antidote's not to be less theological, be less rigorous; it's to be more. Yeah. Because Paul says it in First Corinthians thirteen. I mean, it's right there, man. If I could speak with tongues of men and angels, if I could understand all, all mysteries, knowledge, all knowledge, right. and have not love, I'm nothing. Right. Nothing. You think about that. If you were had as sharp a, a sharper theologian as Augustine and Sproul and MacArthur and Spurgeon and Calvin rolled into one, mm. such that you know, Steve Lawson and others would call you and say, Hey man, what's this verse mean? You know, I mean, you were the guy (laughs) that they were seeking out and you don't have love. Bible says you're nothing. Mm -hmm. And I don't, if we're not as concerned about being loving Mm -hmm. as we are about being understanding, then uh, we just have kind of stopped short of what the Bible teaches. One of the
1: fruits of the spirit, love obviously, but also patience, kindness, gentleness, are there important fruits of the Spirit that need to be manifest in our lives so that we do... Handle uh, and in really investigate what people are actually saying before we react mm, to it. I mm-hmm. think we're, you know, you mentioned the the instant gratification impulse. With I uh, can't get a meeting with my pastor; both my pastors are busy, and so well, I go see what this guy says online. I'll go Google this. I'll go, and, and pretty soon they're like, "Yeah, I don't have any need of you. I've already got the answers." Yep. But they may be <coughs> dipping into a poisonous well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But this instant gratification idea is like. It's also instant reaction. Mm. You know, it's like, so they've been, they've been trained when, when the ding goes, they look at their phone. When the, when the thing comes in, they look at their email. It, and so they've been trained to react, 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 react. And it's the same thing. They treat people that way. Mm. They treat people like devices that they need to react to. And so that comes, that stimulus comes in and boom, they've been trained to react right back to it, but they haven't given it any thought. Uh, the one who answers before he hears a matter is a, a fool, fool, right? Mm. So let's. We need not to be fools. We need to be wise, and it's the fruit of the Spirit that's going to help us to be wise pastors, wise Christians who take some time, take a breath, patiently listen, kindly respond, gently correct. I think that's, that's, that's a, a caution for today in a much more um, aggressive and caustic environment out mm-hmm. there, isn't it?
2: Thank you for joining us for this conversation today on The Sword and the Trial. Just wanted to make you aware of one of the hidden jewels in our library here at Founders Press. You can see we have a lot of different titles that we do. At Founders, uh, but one that we've been we've had in stock for a long time is "Life in the Body of Christ: Privileges and Responsibilities in the Local Church." This is written by Curtis Thomas, and we've had it on ourselves for a long time. But we are actually doing a new hardcover edition because, like I said, it is one of those kind of hidden treasures that we have. You can order that now, pre-order it at press.founders.org. Uh, a lot of great commendations regarding this book. J.I. Packer said, "Quote: Like the Bible, this book should be read once a year and consulted. Often, Not only by Baptists, but wherever strong life in Christ is the congregation's goal. Some volumes merit rave reviews. This simple down-to-earth publication is one of them. And there's other commendations by Jerry Bridges and others. Uh, It's just a simple book that uh, instructs believers how to honor God as church members. How should I live as a church member in my local church? So we would highly recommend that you pick up a copy of this again at press.founders.org.
0: So in one sense, you know, we look around today and we say, man, this is not our grandfather's world. It's not our father's pastoral ministry. We've got many challenges they couldn't have envisioned. But in another, even more profound way is, yeah, uh, nothing's changed. The most important things hadn't changed. The Word of God hadn't changed. And we have got to be, above everything else, men of God's Word. So giving yourself to Scripture, letting Scripture shape and form your thinking and then serving that word up to the people that God's entrusted to you. So you see Christ being formed in them. So when transhumanism makes its appearance or whenever a totalitarian state suddenly arises, the people of God have been given the word of God and they have a way to stand in that evil day. Mm -hmm. If we think that, oh, we got this to deal with, so we've got to get over here and figure out the specific ways to understand and deal with this and we forget the word we might give techniques. Yeah, We might give them some things that'll help them in the instant, but man, the most important things are what they're going to need always.
1: No doubt. Even AI as, as intelligent as that ever gets, as much as Skynet might take over the world and kind of start <laughs> terminating us. It's never going to be able to reproduce the fruit of the Holy spirit. Yeah. it's never going to be able to approximate even come close to approximating the lord jesus christ so we we continue to put the lord jesus christ before our people let them see let them see him in all his majestic glory all of his kindness his compassion but also his strength mm-hmm. in the way he deals with confrontation the way he deals with blatant heresy subtle heresy love of money Um, you know, worry, fear, anxiety, the way he deals with absolutely every problem in just the most appropriate ways. And like you said, we want to see Christ fully formed in our people and ourselves. Mm -hmm. We also want to see him fully formed in other people as well. So as much as we could put Christ before people, he is the standard. He He is the one that we want to look to and see this is, a, this is how I want to pattern my life, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit because the Spirit is leading me toward Christ's likeness. Yeah,
0: amen. Yeah,
2: yeah I think we, as we face <coughs> major challenges that are in many senses just very new that our fathers haven't had to face, our grandfathers haven't had to face, in the world that we live in, we need to not forget the fact that like, the resources we have are massive. Mm. Yeah. They're massive. I mean, when you just take the <coughs> Word of God, right? The mere word of God and <laughs> and use that to navigate the issues that we have uh, but on top of that though I mean the spirit has empowered his church uh, and has given his church so much wisdom through the ages even to this day in mm. their interpretation of the scriptures and they're mm. utilizing the scriptures to deal with their issues and mm. I mean we just have so much there to draw from yeah. to be able to address the many issues uh, that the Lord has created us and put us in this particular moment to face those Issues. Yeah, I mean, we, the Lord has given us this time and it's a gift. We stand on the shoulders
1: of giants, don't we? Mm-hmm. Who have really helped us. I, I know that every time I'm reading commentaries or systematic theologies, mm-hmm. I'm like humbled before mm-hmm. the kind of intellectual uh, rigors that have gone into what's, what's been produced and put into my hands that mm-hmm. I'm a beneficiary of. I'm so, so grateful. Mm-hmm. So Amen. yeah, that's a good point
0: yeah, so the we' we have the word, it's authoritative, it's sufficient. The second Timothy three, sixteen seventeen mm-hmm. tells us mm-hmm. that for every good work, the man of God can be equipped for every good work, which means addressing whatever comes over the horizon. We've got to know that. And we've got teachers from mm-hmm. the past that the Lord has given yeah. to the church, and man, we should learn from them. And there's a lot, there's a value in learning church history yeah. and learning the biographies in church history and seeing what God taught. Our forefathers, uh, a wonderful principle that Founders has uh, operated on from our inception is that if it was true then, Mm -hmm. it's true today because truth doesn't change. So if we can see how uh, some who've gone before us navigated the challenges of their day relying on the Word of God, then that will equip us to be uh, careful and to maybe be creative in how we apply the Word that is the exact same that they had in their day as well as well so yeah church history is a great study it's surrounding
1: ourselves with a multitude of counselors, and there's safety in a multitude of counselors, isn't it?
0: Amen. Especially dead counselors, dead yeah. and living, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because well,
1: they're not changing. That,
0: that's anymore. right. They're not going to mess up. You know, <laughs> I mean, living counselors are good too, and, and you find those that have proved.
2: Well, we the learn test from the their sure. errors too. Sure. Well, that's yeah. yeah that's right. That's and right. they don't need to worry about protecting <clears throat> relationships and institutions and being afraid of the pushback that they might get because well, they're already in glory.
1: That's are you, right. Are you that's speaking of something in general or something <laughs> in general? general? I'm speaking in generalities. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it is a great calling, isn't it, to be a pastor? I was um, uh, communicating sure with a pastor early this morning who was asking me, you know, how things are going and how long I've been at the church and all. I was just kind of reflecting mm. on, man, I've just clocked 37 years here at Grace uh, this fall. I will clock 45 years in pastoral ministry. Wow. And... uh you're old. I'm real old, man. I'm like <laughs> dirt, you know. Uh, but that is I keep fantastic. telling him that, and he keeps forgetting. For some reason. I can't remember.
1: But wait, really, when I think about John MacArthur being there for, what, 54 years now, I mean, you're, you're coming, you're, you're following along those heels in the same trajectory of faithfulness over all those years. It's just, it's just such a blessing. It's a blessing to you, and John has been so blessed. He, he loves being at one church. Mm-hmm and watching that church grow and ministering to children and grandchildren, Mm -hmm. great-grandchildren and watching the the Lord do that work. And so I can imagine it's a, it's a, gratifying for you to watch yeah. that in your own church, but also the stability that provides for your people to have that one shepherd for that long of a period of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, the, the thing that, that kind of overwhelmed me this morning is just to reflect upon the fact, man, I, I mean, this is an incredible privilege. <laughs> I just was blown yeah. away to again yeah. to think that God would uh, put me in this position and grant that I should be able to do this over the course of my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not, you know, because of expertise or skill or ability or anything like that, it's his grace. It is yeah. a testimony to the kind of God we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm Long stunned. Yeah. I'm stunned by that. I really am. Yeah. So, man, as challenging as pastoral ministry is, and, you know, sometimes you guys know, you, you go to bed and you try to sleep and you can't sleep because mm-hmm. of all the things that are on your mind yeah. and wanting to see Christ formed in people, uh, I wouldn't trade it yeah, you know, for all the gold in the world. Yeah, Amen amen what about bitcoin bitcoin that's a different story right (laughs) no um, i'm not the bitcoin expert here in the church so we'll have to wait and see on that well thank you so much travis for joining us here thank you for investing in founders and leading our board in uh, the way that you do and for teaching at the institute of public theology we just love you and thank god for you and thank the saints back at Greeley for giving you up and your dear wife as well we love having you here anytime we can get you
1: well thanks man it's it's a it is a joy to serve with you you're you're you're, both of you just so much fun to spend time with and and just to watch what the lord's doing through your lives and ministry is just a joy to me and to be a part of this is great great privilege
0: Thanks for joining in to this episode of The Sword and Trial. If this has been helpful to you, uh, pass it around. Let other people know. We'd love to have you subscribe to The Sword and the Trial on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts.
1: Why are we here? What is the most important thing in the world?
0: One of our greatest problems is, is forgetting. We, we forget what God has done for us. We forget what God has taught us. We forget things that we have experienced. If we don't pause, if we don't think deeply, if we aren't reminded again and again and again, we forget. It strikes me pretty significantly in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ. Why in the world would Paul tell a pastor to remember Christ? Well, he's not going to forget that Jesus Christ lived and that Jesus Christ taught, but he's going to forget the significance of Christ.
2: Christ is ultimately
1: our mission. The church is the body of Christ. A church has to focus on the supremacy of Christ because that's why we are the church.
0: Christ is supreme overall. The church's great mission is to preach Christ. We're there to win souls.
1: We're there to advance Christ's kingdom. The problem with the world is not that they don't agree with me. The problem is that they don't bow the knee to Christ.
0: So that's why we're going to gather to specifically, explicitly focus on the supremacy of Christ, to do our best to remind each other of the centrality of Christ, the beauty of Christ, the glory of Christ. So join us in Fort Myers, Florida, January 18th through 20th, 2024, as we focus on Jesus Christ. I hope to see you there.